Basketball can be a mysterious sport. The team whose logo is in this envelope will have the first pick in the NBA draft. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock. Overtime here in game one. Will Giannis win a title in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform? It's hard for me to say that, Jay, considering how loaded the Lakers are. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Taylor Horton Thunder over the last couple of days. Uh, but what if those mysteries could be solved? What if those conspiracies are reality? Truth is out there. Can you handle it? Welcome back to the Hoop Truther podcast. I'm Agu at underscore Guccifer. Joining me as always, the official co-host, the official fellow Hoop Truther, one of the hardest working men on Twitter, Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR. How are you doing, brother? I am great, Dream On will make his return tonight. So it'll be the first time Steph, Clay, and Draymond have been on the floor in, I think, over a 1,000 days. Could you believe that? That's right. crazy. Beyond the weird seven seconds on Clay Day when Dre uh, just was there for the tip and they fouled so he would get out of the game, we had Clay Day. It was really fun. We have Dre Day today. We're going to get to that a little bit later, what you can look forward to in this episode. Team of the Week, Game of the Week, like always, we're going to talk about Kyrie. He was in the arena yesterday, and a lot of people are talking about it. Injury report, good news, bad news. Rumorville, we got a couple of fun rumors that we can talk about for the offseason. And then we'll finish off with the plug zone and some final thoughts. Let's get into it. The hoop truth is out there. Let's go find it. I got to get like a Ghostbusters remix of of, uh, their commercial and and do that in the podcast. So I'll I'll focus on that next. I'll focus on that next time. Um, Team of the week. Dre, you got somebody for me? I don't know if this is going to be too easy or it's just the flat out obvious, but I got to go Sixers Nets, which occurred on March 10th. Um, obviously, going into the game, everyone anticipated the Ben. Well, it's technically not a Ben Simmons return. It was just Ben Simmons returning to the arena. And everyone was, everyone was just expecting him to get heckled. But the biggest story was KD, Clay, or sorry, I said Clay, KD, Kyrie. Um, Seth Curry. Yeah, Seth Curry. Everyone just basically dominating for Brooklyn. And as far as Philly, besides Embiid getting like damn near 20 free throws in the first half, yeah, Harden got locked up by Kyrie Irving, which Kyrie is not known as a defender, but on this particular night, he definitely did his job. I think he held Harden to about one for seven, one for eight shooting. Harden shot, I think, three for 15 overall, which is just like flat out crazy to me the nets obviously won 129 to 100 Beat it, it, yeah it was, it was just a bad night in philly um the fans were definitely sick of you know of the turmoil that was going on there but shout out to the brooklyn nets man they definitely turned things around over the past few games 100 um 
Yeah, Nets doing it without Simmons, too, who, by the way, no update on him. We're not going to cover him in the injury report. When there's an update, that we'll talk about it if he plays. When he plays, we'll talk about it, all right? But um, playing great. Seth Curry's playing awesome for the Nets. And then for the Sixers, they got a taste of big game James from James Harden. Uh, three for 17, I think it was. One for 12 okay. at the half. It's what happens, man. It's what happens. But, you know, we'll see if we can turn it around. Let's uh, My game of the week – Spurs on March 11th um, beat the Jazz by two. Really good team, really good game. But it's not about that. It's the game that gave uh, Greg Popovich the all-time coaching wins title. Shout out to um, Pop. Big shout out to Pop for all he's done in San Antonio. There's actually, I'm going to add that to the rumor. Uh, you want to just talk about it now, actually? We can, we'll open with this. We'll open with this. Um, you see the rumor that Quinn Snyder is like a potential candidate to replace Popovich when he retires in, in San Antonio. I didn't hear that. Honestly, that's honestly very interesting. Um, I was honestly always assuming that Tim Duncan would just be next man up. Let me see if I can find that. Hold on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was hoping if it, if he was going to retire soon, I was hoping Becky would be around for it. Cause that Definitely. was naturally her job, man. Um, Ime Odoka, who just went to the Celtics, you know, mm-hmm. um, would have been a great guy to have in San Antonio. That's another thing as well. Like, you got to give credit to Pop because Pop has created a lot of great coaches today, whether it's, you know, Ime Udoka, um I want to say he did Budenholzer. Um, was it Pop as well? I can't remember. Budenholzer, yeah, he's there. For, uh, he's got a great tree. Sorry, I was looking for the thing. Apparently, Mark Stein reported that it's a potential option that Quinn Snyder's out there. Um, but yeah, they've got a ton of people. Brett Brown is a is a Popovich Brett guy, Brown. and he was great for Philly. You know, um, I don't know if Kenny Atkinson was. I'm not sure, but uh, and then there's the Tora Messina, who is um, a Euro guy, who was the assistant coach. The famous clip of him is you see Patty Mills is like in the huddle and Popovich is okay. Who thinks that Patty's going to get his fifth foul? If he, we put him, keep him out there, you know, and like everyone right. voted for Patty. So he could go back to the game, except for a Torah. And then he puts it up when he realizes everyone else is just to be part of it. That's a Torah Messina. He was rumored for a bunch. He interviewed a bunch of head coaches. I think he's back in Europe now. Um, but apparently Quinn Snyder, and I guess that makes sense. You know, he's got a Popovichian style to him and, um, could it be weird if Utah just lost their franchise coach, though? What do you think? Yeah, it would be, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, if, if you're able to go in, into San Antonio and just be able to fill some shoes, like big shoes that great power has built over the last like quarter century, then you know, I mean, it's it's honestly, I'm not, I wouldn't be too mad if you know, Quinn Snyder decided to leave Utah. I mean, even though Utah's a great team, you know, they built. Like such like such a great culture out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, but whenever you're like whenever you're able to um go into a great franchise like San Antonio, who's you know who who has big shoes to fill as far as coaching wise, you know what great Popovich what great Popovich has done over the last like quarter century, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, in my in my opinion, you will go for that personally. You just you know try to rebuild that championship culture that they once built there. Yeah, we'll see. Um... And then you have to think if Quinn goes, maybe the whole thing falls apart. I think this is just a take. We don't have to visit it now. We'll visit it in a future episode. But a take that I have is that without, like, some significant playoff success, 
things are going to get ugly in Utah this summer. And I'm not, I don't mean to be super dramatic, but I think Donovan and Rudy are headed for a split. I know everyone talks about Donovan getting traded, but who's to say that Utah doesn't trade Rudy Gobert? I mean, there are teams in the league that value Rudy Gobert. I know that Twitter doesn't like him, but if they could get something for Rudy, you'd probably rather keep Donovan if you're going to start over on a team. But that team is old as well. Mike Conley is not ancient, but he's old. Um, Everyone like then, Bryce O'Neal. Uh, yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich is close mm-hmm. to 30, if not hitting it. Uh, fucking their best play, one of their best bench players, Rudy Gay, is old. And then the young guy is Jordan Clarkson. Big shout out to Jordan Clarkson. Um, but that'd be your core. Your core is Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell. If you can get Rudy O'Bear to a team, like I'm sure the Knicks are dumb enough to send stuff for him. Mitch Robinson and Honestly, if you're the Knicks, you make that happen. Yeah, but the Knicks only want Donovan. I don't think they would. I don't think they would talk about what, anyone. But yeah, yeah. See, that's see, that's the thing about Rudy. I think Rudy's kind of gotten like a bad reputation. Honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest Rudy fan in the world, but no, yeah, you I definitely know. have to respect his game. Right, you, you don't have to, but like. He's a good player. He's won mm-hmm. three DPOYs. Whether you agree with it or not, he was in the top three voting all of those years and deserved to be minimum of that. Um, it's proven time after time that the defensive breakdowns in Utah aren't his fault necessarily in the playoffs. The criticism is that he can't score enough in the playoffs to make a difference otherwise. Uh, so if the defense isn't clicking, then that, which is fair criticism. It's and a criticism. cooked on the perimeter too. Well... He gets cooked on the perimeter by stars. Sure. Yeah. Everyone does, dude. Everyone gets – but he stays in front of, like, average dudes, which is all you have to do in the NBA as a big man. It's highly overrated. In the playoffs, it, makes, it matters, but he's their only defender, you know? Donnie, when he's locked in, he plays defense. Mike Conley was a defensive player when he still had his legs, you know? He can still stay in position, but he gets blown by. Royce O'Neal was their best defender, and he's even – he's not Herb Jones, you know? He's not that type of dude. Joe Ingles was fine, but he was ancient, and now he's out of there. Rudy Gobert is elite. Rudy Gay is good, and that's it. I think Jared Butler's got some defensive chops to him, but he's too young to get minutes. Uh, they they don't have that defense. Uh, they've got a good systemic defense, but it's all Rudy. They could add, they could use a guy, you know. Like what about? Uh, I don't know if you pair Sabonis with Rudy. That's probably dumb. Nah, never mind. That's a bad thought. That's a bad thought. He he wouldn't fit with him offensively or defensively. I mean, everyone fits with them. But I, what about Toronto? You can see Toronto making a play, and they wouldn't have to overpay. You know, it's not Pascal or Scotty, but maybe it's OG Ananobi and OG Ananobi. Um, we say Boucher, Boucher and Malachi Flynn, and maybe a pick. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get rid of Malachi Flynn, dog. If I'm Toronto, I, I don't. I don't know. Well, you got to keep. Listen, he's good, sure, but you've got Freddie, you've got um, Gary Trent Jr., Malachi, multiple it. guys. At some point, you're going to have to consolidate those assets. Maybe, maybe so. You know, I, I understand it, but man, Malachi is like super, like really developing. He is into a great player. I mean, if you want to like sell on Fred and and Gary Trent Jr. For more minutes for Malachi, I get that. But to turn down a trade for a guy just because you want to keep three guards together in the same room, you know. Like if someone calls about Markel Fultz, Orlando with Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony shouldn't be like, well, we can't just trade Markel Fultz, you know. Yeah. But, 
Um, that'd be fun. I don't know. They're just a team that needs a center. Everyone needs a center. Boston could do it. Let's move on from this. The, I don't know how we devolve this, but Utah's going to a bad summer, I think. Uh, those are game of the week. Do you have a team of the week? Yes. Um, basically reiterating what I mentioned um, in my game of the week, I'm going to go with the Nets this week, uh, basically because, yeah. you know, if I did, if I was able to do a second favorite game of the week, it would definitely would have been um, Charlotte and Brooklyn on this past Tuesday night. Kyrie obviously going for fifty points on fifteen for nineteen shooting. Like yeah, that was, 50, that was legit. Yeah, yeah, fifty points on less than twenty shot attempts. Like that's super incredible. He was basically locked in from the beginning, and then also you know the game after um, the Philly game. You know you have you have the uh, the New York battle, the Knicks and the Nets at home. KD drops fifty three points in his um in his home game. So it's like you know the, it was. It was a good week for Nets fans, I must say, and, uh, and you know, and de- I'm definitely happy that you know they've been able to get the job, and especially after that bad loss to Boston last week. Big shout out to the Nets, who are hopefully climbing out of the plan. Honestly, if you're a top two team and you have to play Brooklyn in the first round, you're probably pissed. You know, it's the only yep. reason I'm not upset about Milwaukee slipping out of the top two right now, close third. You know, um, get get into the playoffs the way you should. Brooklyn, man, play that, a team. that would be one hell of a first round. Brooklyn and uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, well, any of them. I mean, if it's yeah, not yeah. if it's not Milwaukee, if they if they stay in seventh or eighth, it would be either Milwaukee, Miami, or or, or Chicago. Philadelphia. Okay, Philly, Philadelphia, and <laughs> at that point, any of those game, any of those series for a first round is already an all time first round matchup. Depending on how it goes, but assuming that like Miami Brooklyn first round would be seven games. That would, that would honestly. I mean, hell, even um, yeah, definitely Miami um, Brooklyn, definitely um, Milwaukee Brooklyn, Philly. I Philly, think, I think, I think, I think Philly's getting out here five games. I'm sorry. I, I I could see it, but it would still be the most dramatic of the matchups because it's Simmons versus yeah, yeah, Embiid, yeah. man. That's true. And if, and if true. Philly loses, oh, the salt would be so nice if Philly lost in a matchup between them. Even if Ben Simmons didn't do shit. Like, even if Ben Simmons didn't play and they lost, just proving it to James Harden would be something. Oh, man. Whew. Um, that is his team of the week. My team of the week is his team, the Warriors. Uh, three straight. Beat the shit out of the Bucks on, on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, shout out to Clay. Shout out to Clay. Shout out to Clay. 38, baby. Best game since he's back. And he's back. You know, the Bucks are always going to give you threes. Jordan Poole was hitting them. Steph Curry had like eight points. He didn't need to do anything. We still got mm-hmm. It's something that Budenholzer does. I'm going to do this for like 30 seconds. I don't know if you guys care. Budenholzer likes to focus on the superstar and let everyone else do stuff. Um, we did it against Jokic like a month or two ago. And he destroyed us. Jokic destroys everyone, but he destroyed us. And we lost by 20, 30 the other day. Golden State, you focus on Steph, which is the dumbest. Fucking, I mean, you can only run box and one and shit like Nick Nurse when none of the other stars are on the court like it was during the Toronto series. But now you've got Jordan Poole. Now you've got Klay Thompson. Now you've got even Moses Moody. Jonathan Kaminga was doing stuff. Shout out to Kaminga. He's going to be something. He's going to be something. I'm excited about him. And this is something that Budenholzer does, and he does it against the wrong teams, against the wrong players. You know, if you want to do that against Embiid, sure, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Jokic, he wants to pass out of that shit. He's going to find cutters for open space. And against the Warriors, they love to have everyone shooting. So 
Just not awesome stuff by Bud, but he usually does save more complicated stuff for the playoffs, so I wouldn't expect it right away. Um, three Man, straight. Now that, oh, now that you mention it, honestly, um, I'm, I'm thinking of other games of the week that have just been incredible. Um, that 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 Golden State Denver game from past Thursday night was super incredible. Steph Curry just took over like yeah. damn near that second half. Yep. There's a lot of great games this week, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough to choose one. It's ramping up. And you know why it's ramping up? It's, it's almost that time. It's almost that time. But also, the play-in game matters. The yeah, NBA does. wanted it to matter, and it matters. How many teams are actively losing games at this point? Like three, four of them? Remember two years ago? In, it, it, it was in March, not even April. In March of the season, teams just stopped playing uh, their starters if they were in ninth or tenth. That's true. You know, and now everyone's trying to get ninth and tenth, and so that means eleventh sometimes trying to, or uh, yeah, nine and ten. Um, that means eleven or twelve can even try and fight into it if it's a close battle, you know. And it's working; it's working. So the games are still exciting. The stars are still out there. It is a move that has paid off tenfold already for the NBA. Pretty cool. Team of the week, game of the week. That's it. Let's move on to Kyrie. It's a hot topic, but I'll briefly get some links going so here's shams this is on sunday he says that Kyrie is expected to sit courtside to support his teammates at net and snicks he's able to attend the game as a spectator move freely maskless but cannot play due to private sector mandate and then twitter was in a frenzy but let's get all the information out there first um then the Nets are fined $50,000 for letting Kyrie in the home locker room after the game or during the game. This is from the New York Times. I'm assuming Stein is reporting on it, but maybe not. Um, and the explanation of that comes from Woj, who says... He's allowed to enter the arena, but not the workplace environment, and the locker room is considered part of the Nets' workplace environment at the Barclays Center. Ultimately, the NBA find the Nets, not Kyrie, which is kind of important because if they find Kyrie, it would have been hysterical on Twitter uh, for the violation. Dre, I know you've been tweeting about Kyrie all season. I want to hear what are your thoughts on this in general and with Kyrie going on? To me, um, it's still honestly kind of confusing when you think about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to not allow him to play home games. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the rules are the rules. You know, if there's a vaccine mandate and you don't, and you believe that since he's unvaccinated that he should not play or that he should not play in the arena mm-hmm. because there could be a possibility of anything, I understand that. But the thing that, the thing that confuses me is that, you know, he's allowed to come in and sit in, sit on the sideline and support his team, but he's not allowed out there on the floor. He's not allowed in the locker room. I get, you know, you might want to protect the players or anything, but then again, it's like, you know, it's also it's also a bad situation because other players who aren't vaccinated on opposing teams can come in and play at the Barclays Center. Right. That's one thing that I just don't understand. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get into the whole politics or everything, but to me it's just kind of a confusing thing because you know, allowing Kyrie in the arena where he's maskless, not an issue whatsoever, unvaccinated maskless, can sit, can sit, can sit, can sit in attendance, no issue, but he can't play on the floor. 
I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I, I'm, re- I'm really excited to hear your opinion, opinion on it because I think I think we have it from two different point of views. Yeah, I think in all fairness, the rules are confusing and they are a bit trivial. I understand that if you can be there, why can't you play? That's, that's not necessarily the point, but the point that people make is that it is kind of dumb. And I agree with that. I don't necessarily think the solution is to let everybody do everybody, maybe even just restrict it even more at that point. But I get that that specific rule is confusing. And if you look at it like that, then yeah, it's dumb. My thing is, it's every week is a new thing, right? It's that some places are lifting the vaccine or the cases are down and that's why they should let Kyrie play. Or, you know, the mayor is running for an election and he needs to get votes. He should, you know, do Oh, he's tweeted about the Knicks fucking six years ago. You seen that? People are like, uh, 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 the mayor of New York has like a tweet from like six years ago rooting for the Knicks. And everyone's like, oh, that's why he's not doing it because he's oh a Knicks God. fan. Shut the fuck everyone, up. God. Everybody is so hilarious. That man does not know a lick of basketball, I guarantee you. No, shut the fuck up. It doesn't matter. That's not the reason. And then it's, he can sit courtside, but he can't play. Or he can play on the road. Or unvaccinated people can play. But you're every week there's a new reason to let him play. Except for... The van, the mandate. It's just a, the you just have to have the vaccine. Kyrie at the beginning of the season said it's his personal choice and it's his belief, however you feel about that, to sit out for the season to not get the vaccine. Okay, that hasn't changed. That rule hasn't changed. The way that he, the way he's saying it is that I'm willing to not play until that is changed or I get the vaccine, which he wasn't going to get the vaccine. Well, it's not changed. So you said you were going to sit out. It's fine. You don't get to just be like, oh, here's a loop. You know, I want to play because of this rule or this is happening now. So I should be able to now. The rule's not changed. So until it's changed, you're going to sit out. Um, every week, there's a reason to do it. And I'm just not seeing it. I See, just that's think, the thing, though. Like, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry not to cut you off. No, so you're, fine, thing, you're, though, fine, like, you're fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's a rule, there's a rule. Like, you know, I don't have a problem with him not playing at the Barclays Center. Of course, we all want him to play. But at the end of the day, if that's if that's the um, if that's the rule of you must be vaccinated to be in the building, then you know what I'm saying you got to understand it. But my problem is why allow him in the arena, sitting next to people, maskless, where he may be at risk of getting others infected like that's 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 just my issue with it like you know what i'm saying like yes. if if you can allow him in the arena but you can't allow him in the workforce you know what i'm saying where he does work at and where his where he does and the team that he does play with then i have an issue with it but if you just don't allow him in the arena at all then i will be fine with that so to answer that i think the the idea is um first i don't think I understand that he he can definitely be at risk of spreading it or getting it if he's massless around a bunch of people. That's a lot of people's point, kind of, is that they probably shouldn't still be doing this unless you are fully vaccinated. Because right. one person can set off the chain reaction, and he probably shouldn't do it at that point. But I think the mandate for employees is uh, to decrease liability. If you know you force people to go to work and everyone gets covid maybe you're at, at risk of something because they got covid at your place of work because you made them go to go to work at the same time if you're at like a like a basketball game you're paying admission to do something you have to go to work and 
I believe on some level, people want to know that they're not going to get, you know, fucking COVID at work. Um, and like the vaccine mandate is supposed to, I guess, protect employees at that point. Just like make sure that there's no, like there's, there's a much more limited chance of, of uh, exposure, which you can agree with or disagree with, but that's why it's in place for employees as opposed to the public. I understand that. It's just, I don't know. know. I mean, it's just, it's just all confusing though. Like, cause my point of view is, I don't know. I I can just look at it like, you know, Kyrie's unvaccinated. He's maskless in the arena. Like what if, what if, you know, somehow he gets affected or he spreads something and then now next thing you know, the case, I don't, I don't know. I I just, I I just view it from like crazy perspective. Like, of like, you know, now next thing you know, cases are spreading like crazy. And then say the NBA has to postpone games. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm speaking hypothetical. But that's that's just kind of how I would be able. To, I would be with like if I were, you know, head or like in like in charge of the arena or anything. Yeah. No, I feel you there. Um, I lost my train of thought, but it's complicated. He's it not going to get the vaccine. Here's the th- here's the thing. We're probably going to get past this thing without a lot of people getting vaccinated because we've had to. Okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the fact of the matter is cases are going down because of the vaccination. So if we get out of this, it's going to be a direct result of the vaccine. Not that it's the only reason, but it's a big part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we can get past this without him doing it. Uh, if you want to think he's however type of person, because that choice affected a lot of people instead of the one person he claims to it have, and that's fine. But the fact of the matter is we're probably going to get that through this without him getting vaccinated. So I guess it's no longer an issue of immediate public health. Um, In terms of spreading it, unless it's a a mutation that, and I don't know what I'm talking about here, but the mutations of the the variant like Omicron and Delta variants um, have spread faster than anything else. So if you're vaccinated, Unless it's that, which I don't think is going to happen, although it does happen in populated areas, maybe New York. Who knows? I don't think that's the point of him getting vaccinated at this point. I think it's more so that everyone's done it and that's why they're safe. So if we keep encouraging it, you can't make an an exception just for Kyrie. Uh, So even if they play, let him play. Sure, they let him play. But like if they let him play and he plays, he's going to play great. And the Nets are going to play great. And he's going to cement himself as a top 10 player, as he always does. Right. So this is my thing, though, like for the Nets organization. So obviously, you know, we're coming closer to playoff time. You know, in my opinion, like if you're the Nets, you're going to want Kyrie for like those, you know, right. big home games, particularly if they were. I mean, they're, they're probably not going to get home court advantage, but, you know, you never know. They may just be able to get it. So are they willing to take that risk and just say, you know, like, let's just let Kyrie play for however many home games that we have and pay those fines? It's not. I, I've I've seen that it's not a it, it's not an option. Paying the oh, fines not? isn't an option. I think it's. I mean, I think it's like an actual rule, but not for a, for a a situation so public as the NBA. Um, I don't think the NBA would ever allow them to directly contradict local law and pay fines. I don't think that's like even allowed. So I I, I don't think it's an option at all for them. Uh, I th- I'm sure they're hoping that a mayor Adams Eric Adams I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes a decision on it, but 
If he plays, he's going to be great, and it's not going to matter in the long run that he's not vaccinated. But we don't have to pretend like he's this fucking hero. Like, a lot of people are like, free Kyrie, free 11. Like, he took a stance on a personal opinion. That's fine, okay? On some level, I I respect that. But we don't have to pretend like he's a martyr for some sort of cause that really doesn't exist. Okay, we can be annoyed that he can't play without idolizing him for sitting out. People have sat out for great reasons. Bill Russell, chief among them. You know, I don't believe what Kyrie is doing is even in the same stratosphere. No, it's not. But um, but let me just say this, though, you know, with the whole free Kyrie thing, I will admit I am on that train. But it's mostly because I just feel like it's unfair if, you know, opponents who are unvaccinated can come in and play but you're not allowing Kyrie to play. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like I said, I don't want to get in, like get into the politics or anything, but you know, but there are people that say that Kyrie's more of a target. And it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and call him a target for the league, but it's like, you know, when you look at it from those perspectives, like, you know, you can kind of understand it. I mean, it because, would have happened to Wiggins too, though. Like the same yeah, situation would. would be happening with Wiggins, but he got vaccinated. It's not just Kyrie. It just so happens that Kyrie's the only one that didn't get vaccinated in a city that he has to be. Right, and it turns out he's a huge star. But uh, in terms of the the vaccinated, unvaccinated players coming back, it's actually simple. It's dumb, but it's simple. The um, it's a local law. It's a New York law upon New York employees. Only New York employees. They aren't allowed to make laws on non-New York employees because that's not their jurisdiction. So if an unvaccinated employee from another state comes to visit a friend they don't have to be vaccinated or if they like you know moonlight across the city kind of like if they're not paid for that i don't think they're going to be needing to be vaccinated so they're just visitors you know it's what they call them home visitors they're just visitors and they are playing a game it sucks that that's the rule and that's how it works out for the nba but it only affects the nba that way we have to understand that the NBA is not the center of the universe. This affects every single employee in New York. Now that it's not, it's only a private sector. But before that, it impacted every employee in the in in uh, New York, and it impacted them the same way. They couldn't go to work unless they got vaccinated, and their employees did too. There was no weird situation where people from different offices from like Indiana were coming to New York to like work in your thing, and they weren't going to be vaccinated. This only applies in the sense of the NBA because they're coming from a state that doesn't require that vaccination. But it's only exclusive to the NBA. So there shouldn't be an exception to it just because we make a lot of money. It's just all it's just all a crazy situation that I can just hope that we get out of. Hopefully soon. Yeah, well, it's going to be, I mean, there's only a month to the playoffs. So either Kyrie plays in home games or we're going to see the first part-time player in the playoffs we've ever seen. And it's going to be exciting. I'll watch all of it. Right. But, but also, you know, just, just one more question. Like, if Kyrie isn't allowed to play those home games in the playoffs, like, would that be more pressure for a guy like Ben Simmons to, like, you know, hurry and come back? Yeah. Well, I if he's not, if he doesn't play by the playoffs, we are going to see a crazy like if he doesn't play this year mm-hmm. the the nba is going to get involved in that trade i think because there was really weird stuff going on with philly during it and if he's just out for like ever i don't know man i'm sure a physical cleared him but this is this is if he doesn't play by the playoffs we are looking at a, a serious issue of ben simmons ever playing the game of basketball again 
at this point. Cause I don't think it would be physical at that point. Um, but yeah, if Kyrie's out, you're right. It puts a lot more attention on him and the defenses that they face will likely do that where they send everything at KD because listen, Open shot by Seth and Patty sucks. They're going to hit those threes probably, but not a lot of those dudes can run an offense, make create That's something out of nothing like Kyrie Irving. So you just mm-hmm. double, you just double, triple up KD. If you're Toronto, you can do that easily. If they play him in a play-in, by the way, if they play him in a play-in, uh, in a play-in game, they're not going to have Kyrie for either home or away, because Toronto, the entire country is under vaccination. Yep. And Toronto's a great matchup for them already. That's a nightmare scenario for Brooklyn. It's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get tricky yeah. over this next like month or so. Man, we didn't plan none of this, but we exploded in a full on Nets playoff talk. I love it. <sighs> we'll see uh playoff Drummond. That'll be fun. Playoff Drummond. Oh my god, playoff. Because he's like that. Honestly, man, like let me give let me give some praise to Drummond, man. Drummond sure. um Definitely, especially after last year, you know, when he was the Lakers, he was just he just looked cooked. I ain't gonna lie, he just looked cooked. But he seems like he's kind of rejuvenated himself. You know, he had some slight moments, some pretty good moments in Philly, but his presence in Detroit, or sorry, not in Detroit, his presence in Brooklyn has been just super, um, super important for the team. Especially, I don't know, like you know, I still believe in Nick Claxton, but Nick Claxton can just sometimes just frustrate me. Sometimes I don't know why. So. Well, the thing with Nick Claxton is that he didn't ask for this. He's like 20 years old on one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference when they're at their height. Exactly. You know? He's not going to get those minutes because the second he does to do something that pisses you off, it pisses the coach off, and they pull him off. If he was in Orlando or, hell, even in the Marvin Bagley role in Detroit. By the way, Marvin Bagley's doing stuff in Detroit, guys. He is. Not number two pick uh, in a draft that involved Luka and Trey, Jaron Jackson, good. DeAndre Ayton didn't mean to do, not include him, Suns fans. <laughs> um, he's not doing that good, but he's doing stuff, which means he might be in the NBA longer, which is cool. Sometimes but, you just need a relocation. Yeah. So send Claxton. They got to trade him. They got two first-round picks. Trade Claxton and two first to a team, that a young team that could use a center for something cool in return. Like, I don't know. Who could use a center? Toronto, uh, but they're not going to trade with a direct competitor. Although they did with Miami. Remember that? Remember when they just gave one of their best players to Miami for, like, Precious Achua? Yep. It was, like, fine, by the way. Not, like, terrible. But he's, who else? He's fine. Who else needs a big... Um... Whoa, Carl Anthony Towns has fucking 56 and three quarters right now. Oh, that's nice. That's super nice. Holy shit, man. Shout- Sorry. Shout out to the bigs. I mean, we, we just we just got an intense Jokic and B matchup, which which Jokic got the head in that matchup, and now we got Cat dropping fifty six. You gotta love it. The three point champion, right? Is Cat there. the third best B? I believe so. But... I mean, I mean, well, do you mean like full on center? Because if big, mm-hmm. you're including Giannis, and then no. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, center. Let's go center. If you have full-on center, yeah, it's probably a tie between Embiid and Jokic. I'm not going to have that conversation. I don't care who you choose. They're on similar levels. They play the game a different way. And then right under that, probably Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Um, Would you add... I'd put Bam and a bio in that situation. I'd put Bam in the five, but I'd have to think about everyone else. Vucevic isn't in there anymore. He was never like a top five, but you probably put Rudy somewhat in there if you're yeah, counting about impact, you know. That could be the five. I'm not putting eight in there yet. Really? 
He's not in top five. I mean, okay. play listen, playoff Aiden for, for the first few weeks of that was, but he didn't do that for the regular season and he's still not doing it now. Like I'd still have um like I I mean Mobley's gonna be in that conversation in like a year, dude. Oh, Mobley's Mobley? Gonna, yeah, oh, Mobley's yeah, gonna be there. I mean he's already top ten. But I is know. he a center though? Like because a lot yeah, of he is. Kind of, uh, a lot of people consider him a uh, power forward. Because they're playing him a power forward, and maybe if that impacts his perception of a center, but they're playing him a lot at center now because Jared Allen's out with injury, and he's playing. Yeah. I mean, his future is to be like the ultimate center, the ultimate like modern era center. It's at least defensively, and I think he's going to have a lot of offense to it too. That's uh, that's a bad fucking man, dude. Let's do another rookie report card in one of these episodes. Oh yeah, and, I honestly want to. I honestly want to break down like my top ten rookies. Let's do it. Let's do it next episode. We gotta do it definitely. Yeah. Let's do it next episode. Uh, let's hit up some people. See if one person wants to hop in and share their list too. Um, what were we talking about? Though? Well, let's just finish up with that. We'll move we on to the next about, thing. Yeah, we were talking about top five bigs. Honestly, I want to say. You know, since you mentioned Aiden, I'm kind of I'm kind of just trying to think in my head though, like who would I go? Would I go with Aiden? Or would I go Bam? Obviously, Bam for defense, but I don't know, man. I just I just, I feel like Aiden just might slightly be a little more skilled offensively. He is better offensively, like yeah. easily than Bam. Bam, when he plays aggressively, can play well, but his shot has really faded since the bubble, just like Anthony Davis's. Mm-hmm. And he's never going to develop a three ball, which he doesn't have to, by the way. We always ask these players to, you know, get like astronomically better when sometimes it's just not possible for them to do that. And Bam's just not going to have a shot. But defensively, I mean, He's top three defensive big in the league. Oh yeah, I think, definitely. I mean, I think it's you know him, eight, uh, him, Giannis, and Rudy. I think there's no I mean, Jaron Jackson is coming though. By the Jaren way, Jackson Jaren Jackson is, Jackson is coming. coming. That said, guy is going to be all defensive this year. I said that this year is going to be a breakout year for him because a lot of people forgot. A lot of people forgot because remember he was hurt for most of last year. Right. A lot of people forgot how good he was. You know, obviously, you know, with John Moran doing his thing and everything, I was like, look, once Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back and he and Steven Adams have been a great complement in the front court. A lot of people may not be paying attention, but they have been great together. They really, really have. Uh, I love Jaron Jackson, man. It was always a question of whether he would get healthy or not. Um, if he got healthy, I had we had hope that he would be something big. I think that's honestly it. I mean, you can throw Sabonis in there. You can throw uh, even Brooke Lopez in there, who's I think is underrated, and, and I think yes. he's on the Shout out to team. Brooke coming back, man. Um, there's one more I was thinking of that I had on here. Oh, Jonas. You could put Jonas somewhere. Valentinus was a top 10 big last year, probably. I can see that. All right. Let's take a look-ski at the injury report. Let's look at good news number one. Actually, no. Let's save the big news for the end. Let's start with smaller ones like... Anthony Simons, bad news, but not terrible news. The Blazers, this is Mark Stein. They say that Anthony Simons will miss at least one to two weeks. This was a few days ago, so still about a one to two week radius. After an MRI confirmed mild patellar tendinopathy in his left knee. Um, It's not that big of a deal, but it just sucks for a Blazers team that's had injuries and for one of like the brightest stars in the NBA since the trade deadline in Anthony Simons. Yeah, it's definitely a tough blow um, for the Blazers, but I don't know. I mean, luckily it's not as significant as many thought it would be, so 
you know, for a guy like Anthony Simons to, you know, to have such a great year who, honestly, I must say he might be my, my most improved player this year, as crazy as it is. There hasn't been a lot of, like... Yeah, like, pe- like people that have, like, really... Right. Like, yeah. Twitter doesn't talk about most improved. I mean, six mm-hmm. men has only been a couple of people, too. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see that, you know. I think the NBA at this point should have a comeback player of the year award, like the NFL. Like, uh, Markel Fultz would be an easy choice for that this year, you know. And we're seeing it a lot more often, unfortunately, that guys come I would back put Boogie in that convo. You can put Boogie in that shit, man. Hell, you can man. put Boogie in most improved. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah, so honestly, I'm, th- I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like most improved guys. I I don't know. It's like you know, whenever you go on NBA Twitter, they say guys like John Moran. I don't. I don't see John Moran as the most improved player. You know, um, I know. I, I know that he's getting better with like year by year, but he's not necessarily a most improved player. Like to me, the definition of most improved player is if you know you may have. Started... Oh no, it's e- it's easy. It's Kuzma. It's Kuzma. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh my it's god, Kuzma. Kuzma, Kuzma. definitely been killing it this year. And I told people, I told people, like, look, all Kuzma needs is a relocation, which I believe will be the same thing once Taylor Horn Tucker can somehow get out of LA because Taylor Horn Tucker stinks now. But yeah. if he goes to a new location, maybe I don't know Detroit or whatever, I feel like he might be able to at least play a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But Kuzma has been. Monster, we'll do an award show soon because the regular season's wrapping up, so we'll do an exactly. award show. Where we're doing stuff. Uh, I'm sure we'll have Kuzma at the top, if not close to the top, of the most improved. He's been, I'm excited to see what Washington does this, does this offseason, and we will talk about what they might do rumored in a little bit. But let's finish off with let's keep going with the injury report. A little bit of good news, uh, Dylan Brooks has been out for like what, what feels like a lot of the season, right? Yeah, like his has. early injury played a little bit, and now he's been out for a whole, I mean since before the all-star break um he's expected to return in the upcoming road trip i don't believe he's played just yet but another addition to the dogs that are the memphis grizzlies um i don't know just good news for them i mean the third i think they're second again in the in the western conference honestly this is really good news especially at the right time you know as the grizzlies are you know one of the top teams in the um, in the western conference you know getting a guy like dylan brooks who was a great two-way player Back in that pack court alongside John Morant, you couldn't ask for anything better, in my opinion. All right, entry report trigger warning. This is gross. Fucking John Collins, he's playing with that. That's nasty. He's playing with that. Um, there's this article from the Athletic. I'll pull it up real quick. That talks about this is Chris Kirshner, uh, who wrote it. It's talking about that picture and, like, just that they're playing with it. But if he keeps playing with it, it's not going to heal. And he's probably going to, like, just do a lot of damage to it. And the Hawks are, like, scraping. They are scraping for, <laughs> for like, a playing spot. And they might it's just been not a struggle. get it. And, they're, and even tonight they're getting cooked. Well, actually, I haven't checked the score. but Let they, me check like, right now. But, like, by the end of the first half, they were getting cooked by uh, Portland, I believe. They beat Portland by nine at the end of it, okay. but they gave up one thirteen to that Portland team. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta's. I'll, I'll be honest. Atlanta's definitely been disappointing for me. I mean, no disrespect. I mean, I know. I know that Trey Young has been doing his thing this year, but they have just been super inconsistent. I know they've had different lineup rotations, but in, like defensively, they've just been super inconsistent this year. Um, and it's and it's just a terrible thing to see, honestly. But. Hopefully they'll still be able to get into the um, into the um, oh, wait. Where exactly? I think I think they're nine right now or ten. No, they're the Hawks. 
Yeah. No, they're before behind that, man. They've been trying, I think. Let me Jeez. see. I know uh, they can't be uh I know they can't be behind New York. Oh no, they're ninth. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Okay. They're in they're they're in the race right now. Okay. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. But also, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my yeah, definitely. I want to give a quick shout out to my brother Pat Benson, who's covering the Hawks right now. PBJ. Shout out to Pat. Shout out to Pat, man. We got to get you on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah. I'm definitely going to hit you up, man. We definitely got to get you on for a Hawks episode. He's coming soon. Uh, definitely. You, you've been you've been talking about him for a second. He's going to come on. Um, definitely. And talk about Hawks because I'm excited to hear about this, but also the implications of the off season. They've got guys that they can trade, and I'm sure they're going to make a play for somebody big. But let's save that for a PB and J episode with Pat Benson Jr. Let's take a look at some more good news. Caruso's back. He played the other night. Isn't that fucking sick? Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Caruso was really just my guy, man. Like I don't know why. I just love that guy so much because. Obviously, you know, the narrative was just, you know, he was a bald white guy in L.A. And I think now, like, this year, you know, especially, like, early this year, I don't know why, but idiots are finally understanding that this guy can really play basketball. Yeah. Honestly, if he didn't get injured, I would say he could be a defensive player of the year candidate. And that's a hot take. That is a pretty hot take, man. God damn. <laughs> that's that's a hot take. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with I'm rolling with it. I don't care. People may disagree. We'll tweet that one out. We'll tweet that yes. one out. Um, some good news. Last G League game for James Wiseman is 19 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks, five turnovers. Uh, eight for 17, made a three, and a plus four. That's pretty fucking good, huh? That's really good. Shout out to uh, James Wiseman. I'm just, I'm just happy to hear some news because for a while yeah. – yeah. We have been like even even people like you know outside you know everybody knows me as a diehard Warriors fan. Everybody's like, "What's what's up with Wiseman? What's up with Wiseman?" I'm like, right. "I have heard nothing about Wiseman. I have heard nothing about him. We we've obviously heard about Draymond and his um and his injuries. We've never heard anything about Wiseman. So to hear yeah. something, so to hear about Wiseman, you know, going to the G League, you know, doing his thing. I mean, you know, it's 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 just, it's just really a great sight to see. And you know, hopefully he can just stay healthy closer to playoff time because I don't I don't I don't know exactly where Steve Kerr is gonna put him now. I can honestly I can honestly assume that he'll probably be just a, um, a second unit player for right now. But hopefully as the playoffs arrive, you know, he'll be able to get the starting minutes. Caruso, yeah, I mean he was on track one hundred percent for an old defensive team and he might still make one. I think he's probably out of it with the missed games at this point. But mm-hmm. he Definitely. came back and changed their defense already. All right, I'm gonna trauma dump on you guys. We're gonna do a couple of sad news in a row, and then I'm going to give you guys the great news at the end of it. All right. Let's start with uh, Brandon Ingram. Not too bad news, but New Orleans, who's been hot lately, dealt with more injury news. Um, he's going to be reevaluated in seven to 10 days. It's been about five since then. I don't believe, I mean, he hasn't been reevaluated yet from Crispy Haynes. It is a mild strain of the right hamstring. you got to be careful about the hamstrings. We've seen it with James Harden. Among many other players, they kill you. They kill you, so you cannot Definitely. come back early from them. This is this is a bad blow, in my opinion, for um for New Orleans, especially you know, considering, you know, after the McCollum trade, they've been, on a, they've been on a great streak. And then on top of that, you know, you get news that Zion could be coming back. So now you're thinking of the three-headed monster in, in New Orleans with CJ, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and now Ingram goes out. So I'm just hoping that it's not as significant as it may be, and hopefully he hopefully he'll be able to come back soon. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's seven to ten days. It doesn't. It said mild as well, so it doesn't seem too much. But boy, do hamstring injuries make me nervous. That's so the thing. I really like, hope, yeah. Those are really lingering injuries that You're people right. don't know about. It's crazy. Bad news, my boy. My, I'm a fan, I was a huge fan of the buyout pickup. Uh, Bucks guard forward. This is from Woj. DeAndre Bembry is feared to have suffered a season-ending right knee injury. It turns out it was a right knee ACL and MCL tear. I saw the play. I was watching it live. It it didn't look great. Um, he contested a three and landed on the guy's foot and like trying not to twist his ankle, landed weird on his knee, and just looked pretty bad. It sucks. Big shouts to DeAndre Bembry, who came over to the Bucks just a couple of weeks ago, played some great mm-hmm. defense. Not a lot of offense, but he played some great defense. Was looking to take Wes Matthews minutes and is not going to now. Um, we have heard plans of how they're going to adjust the roster, but for now, we'll talk about that later. Just wanted to give a shout out to Bembry. Hope he's doing shout, it. Shout out to Bembry, man. Get back soon, hopefully. And then our boy, our sweet boy. Cam Reddish oh out for the season with a right shoulder separation. Now, the good news is that six-week recovery, so it wouldn't have been a full season if it was earlier in the year. It just so happens it's the end of the year that he gets the injury. So he gets a full summer, they say, that he'll be he'll be fine to, to work out and get ready for the 2022-23 season. But can we catch a fucking break, man? I mean, we've been trying to get him in the rotation for a minute now, and he finally got some run. He was looking all right. I'm not going to say he was blowing the doors off of anybody, but give us a break. <sighs> yeah, honestly, I'm going to say I'm, I'm kind of nervous about the future of Cam Reddish. Now, it's not because he can't play, but, you know, his injury history has been, has been pretty ha- – has been there, I must say. And, you know, during his time in New York, you know, I was definitely upset that, you know, he wasn't getting the proper minutes. And while he was getting those limited minutes, he was he was showing good, some good signs. But now, you know, now that he's set back with his injury, you just kind of wonder, you know, what's next for him in the NBA at this point. I still think that he can be utilized by any team, but will any GM possibly see that, see that future and, and still see that talent? I think they will. I just need he, – he, he needs a spot to be able to play. You know, a shitty team that doesn't care that he can just chuck up shots and learn like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are doing in Houston right now. What Shea Gilgis-Alexander learned to do and is now the elite player we're seeing in OKC. But he's not being given that time. And we honestly thought he would get it in New York. I mean, there was the mm-hmm. issues with Tibbs, but they needed talent. And he was a young talent, the thing they needed. And they just didn't play him. We didn't give him a shot. But let's end with good news. I got good news. We've been teasing this, but two contenders – are getting reinforcements, and they've got reinforcements. Let's start with the Golden State Warriors. It's Dre Day, but it's also Kuminga Day. Let's see it right now. Here's a, a live update. The Warriors are up eight on the Wizards with five minutes left in the second quarter, and Kuminga's played 12 minutes. He's two for three from the field. His only miss is a three. Uh, three rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. He's a plus one. Solid. It's okay. Dre's played six and a half minutes, so they're bringing him along slowly. He's made a shot, which was a three, and he's got a rebound and three assists, and he's plus seven in a game they're up by eight in six and a half minutes. That's Dre, man. Good big shout out to Dre. And our local, that was a hard way to get it out, but 
you're a Warriors fan, man. How does this feel? And how does this make you feel about the title run? How are you thinking? This is great, honestly. Um, if you if you've watched the Warriors over the past few weeks, we have stunk without Draymond. We need that defensive presence. That's true. Particularly, I want to go into the game against the Lakers because we gave up just so many easy transition baskets. We just gave so many offensive rebounds. You know, the Warriors have just been struggling. You know, we we just lost that defensive identity. I mean, we know that Clay is back. You know, Clay is still trying to find his his rhythm with the team. Um, obviously, you know, we still have Steph, but we definitely needed that defensive identity. So now that Dre is back, I know that he's limited right now, and hopefully, he can be limited for the next for the next you know few weeks or so because we definitely need him as the playoffs arrive. This gives myself and Warriors fans just a lot of optimism for what can occur. I mean, we know we know that Phoenix is up there. We know that Memphis is up there. Utah, you know, you name it out west. But, you know, when we have the three-headed monster and Steph, Clay, and Draymond in our championships, in our championship experience, like that, that can carry us uh, the long way. Alongside great players like Kamiga, you mentioned, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, and, man. Yes, definitely. And then, of course, Wiseman's coming back. It yeah. is a good time for us to be optimistic. Yeah. We'll see, man. I'm very excited to see the final product on the floor, especially what Wiseman's role ends up being, because I think he can be valuable in matchups with huge guys like Aiden yes. and Jokic. Not that he's going to lock them down by any means, but it's another guy to throw on the boards. You need to rebound in these games and he's going to be able to help you somewhat there. At least I know he's somewhat allergic to rebounds, but he's bigger than anyone else. You got, they don't exactly. want to have Looney out there for 30 minutes. Oh my okay? God. Like I, I love Looney, man. I, I love that guy, but he is, he, he's, he's too undersized. I'm sorry. Too undersized, no athleticism. I love him to death. You know, he's a great defender, but please let's, let's slowly get him to the second unit. Please. Yeah, yeah, or go small as well. I think a lot of the minutes that Kaminga figured to play are going to go to Wiseman at this point, who's just been phenomenal. Uh, let's move on to the other contender getting reinforcements. My team, our teams are always in the conversation. I really appreciate that. It allows us to offer our perspectives as watching them often enough. The Bucks, baby. We got Brooke, who's played one game this season, 1-0 with Brooke Lopez, the first game of the season against the Brooklyn Nets. He was out with a back injury. About three months later, got back surgery. And about three months after that, we are now where he is returned from the back surgery. He's only played four and a half minutes. They're going to bring him about very, very slowly. He's one for three, all of them threes. A steal, and he's plus five in a game that the Bucks lead by eight right now with four minutes in the second quarter. And then we've got George Hill. I don't know if Hill's even – yeah, George Hill's got six and a half minutes. He hasn't taken a yep, shot. Yeah, he's playing now. Yeah, rebound two assists. You watching it? He's on, yeah, it's on ESPN. Um, mm-hmm. He's a plus four, so George Hill would be him. The Bucks, who lost someone for the season, DeAndre Bembry, are getting two guys back. And Pat Connaughton was taking corner threes in his warm-up today, so it looks like that finger is getting a whole lot better. Like you said, it is an optimistic time for Bucks fans. I think we just got our asses handed to us by Golden State. But even if you are worried about that matchup, it would only ever happen in the finals, man. We've had good games against Brooklyn. We've had good games against Miami. We've had good games against Chicago. And we've had good games against Philly. Okay? You are confident in your ability to beat them. And now you've got the guy who's probably your fourth best player in the playoffs last year back in Brooke Lopez. George Taylor is going to soak up some of those bench minutes, especially gone from Bembry. Pat Connaughton, who's night for all season coming back. If they're healthy into the playoffs, then the team to beat. 
Yeah, honestly, you know, just just looking through like the course of the season, I guess I'm not, I'm not gonna say I never knew that Brooke, that Brook was important, but when you watch when you watch the Bucks through the course of the season without him, you realize how big his yeah his his presence is on the floor. You know, just being able to protect the rim, being able to rebound, being able to stress the floor, and knock down three point shots. All of that is needed, especially when you're playing alongside a guy like Giannis. I mean, I know they got I know they got Bobby Portis, I know they got Sergi Baca, but I just feel like Brooke is a great compliment to a guy like Giannis in that front court, in my opinion. I think Brooke is like the third best natural center on defense with the drop coverage specifically. I think it's Bam, Rudy, and him. Honestly, I can see that. I think Embiid has more of an impact defensively, obviously, but he doesn't run like a sophisticated drop coverage. He's running some more there. He's running like a drop, but also it's just like the rim protection, the massiveness that he's providing out there. Right. Um, and then the thing is, he's overqualified. He's cast as his three and D and emphasis on D, even though he does hit the three center. And then if Giannis is out, say in the playoffs, he becomes this guy who is the franchise leader in Brooklyn Nets points um yep. leads the entire franchise and he can drop a 33 on an Atlanta when needed that's why he, he needs to be overqualified and hopefully he's still up to it if he's if he's healthy you gotta watch out if you're if you're a team that likes to muscle we got a whole lot of muscle now too with Brooke Lopez I'm very excited for it I'll probably watch it after we're done recording that's it for good news bad news let's head on over to Rumorville both involving Washington this is a rumor about John Wall. He would welcome a team, a return to the team that took him number one overall in 2010. And I believe that was David Aldridge that reported that. And apparently a source said that's true. I crunched the numbers, by the way, and I don't know if they can make a trade for him without Kristaps. So I don't know if they would include Kristaps in that deal or if it would be a three-team deal. I'm really not sure, but... I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. What do you think? If they keep Beal, I would imagine they wouldn't do this if they didn't keep Beal. How would you feel about this? Yeah, honestly, I mean, if, in my opinion, if you are looking to bring Walt back, you should definitely try to keep Beal. And at this point, honestly, like, you know, even though John Wall hasn't played in over a year, I still feel like he has a lot of great value. And obviously, obviously, you know, he's really built something for himself in Washington. Honestly, like, I would love that, though, like, John Wall, Bradley Beal, Kuzma. Um, right. Do they keep? Do they keep Porzingis? So I don't think they can, and I don't think he's going to get bought out by Houston. Maybe he would, but I think he's got like another year after this one. Like I don't think it's just the next year that he has. Um, so I don't know if a buyout's really looming. But if it's a trade, I think they have to include Kristaps. But you can keep Gafford. I mean, uh, I'm. I, yeah, I assume you have to attach. Uh, something else beyond Kristaps, like I don't think you have to give up a young guy, but maybe a couple seconds or a pick or something. But you still got Denny. Uh, you've still got Rui. I would love to see Rui in that lineup. You still have KCP, oh, yeah. who's a good vet if you still want to play him. Um, and then Gafford is, I mean, Wall never had a Gafford. Wall had a. a I know, a I know, I know. He had Gortat and Nene, but he he had Gortat and Nene who were good, but I don't think they were like Mm-mm. athletic necessarily. No, not, not like Nene maybe originally in his career, but he was still more of a Kenneth Fareed type. Daniel Gafford is a pick and roll, and he rolls hard to the him a rim point guard. I mean, Wall has some chemistry with Wood, you know. 
So we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, I I like it. I just think for the drama and and the you know this league always does dramatic things, and I love it for him to only play for Houston for like half a season. So it's almost like he never really left the Wizards. It would be an awesome way for this to play out, I think. Um, and that team is nice, you know. If Wall is something, Wall Beal, let's say Rui, uh, Kyle Kuzma, and Daniel Gafford, it's probably better than you know some of those prime Wall teams. Oh, yeah, definitely, in my opinion. Like, when you, when you look at the combination of the talent that they have and you add John Wall to that to that mixture, like, this, this this team, in my opinion, this team is definitely, like, at least, at least like, the seventh seed, like, you know, in, the, in that playing spot. Yeah, yeah. I actually see it higher depending on the type of year that Bradley Beal or John Wall are having. It, it all hinges mm-hmm. on them, of course. And, but honestly, like, Kyle Kuzma's probably, the, I mean, their third star in those years was Otto Porter. Kyle Kuz is better than that, at least offensively, you know. Right. Um, so that's already a third guy that's kind of fun for them. This is another one that, I mean, the wall thing wouldn't happen if this happened, but this is from Andrew Bogut, so he's not a real source. But I've heard it talked about in several uh, podcasts. People are talking about it. Pretty big rumor that Brad Beal is trying to get to Philadelphia in the offseason to team up with James Harden and Embiid. I can get into the numbers in a minute of how that would work, but off-rip – what do you think about that, Dre? Uh, I don't know if I'm really a big fan of it. I mean, obviously, you know, Bill would definitely bring a lot of scoring to that team, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how he really benefits besides that. And plus, I feel like, I feel like if you do trade for Bill, then you know, Maxi would unfortunately be a part of that, be a part of that trade. So, first thing. I think they could do it without trading Maxi. Yeah, but that's I've, the thing, though, as well. Though, like, does that does that take away from his development? So there's that for sure. That's a very valid point. Just to point it out, I believe from what I've seen and what I've read, which is a really vague way, but I I have people have talked about how they could trade Tobias and a couple of other things and get like close to max money. Not necessarily a full max slot, but close to max money. And if it's to join a super team, Bradley Beal would, I would assume, would take close to max money. Um, do like you said with Tyrese, I don't necessarily agree with it. Although maybe if you trade Tyrese for something else that fits with them, like a defensive guy that plays on the wing, you know, um, if you can do, if you can pull off something like that. Maybe, but yes, you would be concerned about that. It would get to bias the hell away from that team, at least. Although I think they're going to trade him regardless of what happens, man. They're going to trade him regardless. They need to, man. I I, lo- I love Tobias. I love that guy. Hey, Tobias is going to get traded to like an OKC, spend a year there doing nothing, and then get bought out and be like a really good buyout player. It's going to be another. Going to be another Al Horford, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They're going to help out. I promise Tobias is going to help out to a team in the frame, but it's not going to be Philly because Philly is done with him. Um, I don't necessarily get the fit either, but I will say once you're in the playoffs, pick and roll between Harden and Embiid is pretty unstoppable. Pick and roll between Beal and Embiid is pretty unstoppable. If you run Harden and Embiid uh, with with um, Beal in the strong corner, that's like an unstoppable three-on-three game. So I understand that, like, once you get to the playoffs, it wouldn't have as much longevity in the regular season, but I don't think they would care. Like, Brooklyn doesn't care what their seed is. They still have some of the best scores on the planet. So I don't think they would care about that. Um, I think there's better players. Like, I would I would stock up on a defensive player if you do a third star, but whatever. I, you know, we, we, we went out and got Drew Holiday. That's where the bias comes from. 
You got Drew Holiday, and look at that. Everything's fucking changed. Um, but they could do it. I think I think the NBA, they were talking about opening an investigation on this trade because of the James Harden not picking up his uh, his option thing. Because if he doesn't take it and they trade with bias, they can sign Harden and Beal. But if he opts in, I think he, they can. So, I don't know, man. Um, they might investigate like- it. I feel like Beal's ties are too much in Washington. I mean, I, I mean, it'll be great to want to see him, you know, go to a go to a contender. But I just, I just feel like he would not like want to get out of Washington. Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. It would be really cool if he stayed there, especially with him not giving him a contender, but like a fun team with Kuzma and Gafford, namely of those guys that I really like. Right. Um, but if he would go anywhere, it'd probably be Philly. I think at this point, you know, if it, like the only place I could sign him with cap space is Philly. Um, I think that's it for there. Let's go to the plug zone and start wrapping this thing up. It's not as long as our other ones, which is totally fine. But Dre, you got an article or something of the week for us at all? Yeah. Shout out to my brother, um, Brandon Blanco, who is one of the newest writers, I believe, on Sir Charles and Charles wrote an article. I believe a week ago, I believe it was a week ago on the, on the Chicago Bulls and, you know, the state of the Bulls and, you know, what's what's next for them. So, yeah, shout out to him. I'll definitely have to send it over to you. Uh, that'll be tweeted out from our account. You guys see it every week at Hoop Truth or Pod. It's on the screen right now. We always tweet out the uh, fave picks, whether we've got articles, videos, or podcasts that we want to plug and show out people. Uh, you mentioned, a you know, where the Chicago Bulls go from here. I've got the legend Caitlin Cooper with a Caitlin similar article Cooper. on the Pacers. She's got growth charts for every Pacer under 25, like details on every single one, which I'm so intrigued with the Pacers future. You've got Tyrese Halliburton, Chris Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, Miles Turner is only 25. Buddy Heald is there. I don't know if he counts, but he's there. It's fun. Goga's out there. He's potentially something. I don't know if he is. Malcolm Brogdon, who's probably going to get traded in the offseason. I'm so intrigued of where they go from here and what their team is because we all love Reese. I know we love Reese, and him and Duarte is a good beginning to something. Jalen Smith, too, if they re-sign him in the offseason. Check out the article. Just check it out. I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Caitlin's one of the best at dissecting the game. Really knowledgeable. So, yeah, shout out to her. Shout out to Caitlin. Always doing great stuff. Final thoughts. You got anything for us, Dre? I got a couple small things. Um, I think I'm good. AD said the Suns got lucky that they got hurt. What do you say? I will say that his injury did play a huge role in why the series changed around. Because you, you got to remember that like they were up 2-1. And then I believe they were winning in the first half of game four before AD get, had gotten injured. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a close call. I mean, if you want to name it, because I mean, the, the Suns were, the, the Suns were on a hot streak at that time as well. Chris Paul also hurt his arm in that series. So it's not That's like true. Phoenix was fully healthy. You guys got to chill out. And honestly, that's big talk. But do it, you know. Let's see Philly and or let's see Phoenix and and LA go to this with this year. If LA beats them, that'd be a crazy thing, but it'd be an upset. All right, everyone fully expects them to beat the shit out of the Lakers at this point. It doesn't matter what happened last year. Brooklyn fans are going to talk about forever about um, you know KD's foot on the line, Kyrie's injury, Harden's injury. You know what? 
you guys had Katie, Harden, and Kyrie, and never did shit with it. You might do it with Katie and Kyrie, but you we don't it doesn't matter anymore. That's last year. It's changed entirely since last year. It was one year. It's done. It's completely done. Exactly. Um. So move on, man. Phoenix is where you guys should be if you if you hold yourself to a standard. Last thing here, we talked about the Bembry injury. Tyreek Evans has signed a deal with the Milwaukee Bucks G League unit, the Wisconsin Herd. They're going to let him play a couple of games there, and the idea is if he performs, they'll bring him up to the squad. I'm a huge fan of it. I just want fun, and that's fun. Tyreek Evans in Milwaukee as a Buck is fun, man. Yeah, definitely shout out to Tyrese Maxey who's finally getting the opportunity again. Whether it's in the league or in she league, you know, just being able to play the game that he loves again, I'm definitely happy for him. Big shout out. I'm going to be watching some of the, the G League clips when that comes out because I'm excited to see how he looks. And then I hope he gets brought up to the big leagues, man. We already got Boogie Buck, Buck Boogie this year. I want some Boogie Tyreek Evans as well. All right. That's about it for us at the Hoop Truther Pod. Nothing from me this week. I have to write. I haven't written in a hot second, but it's all right. It's coming. Check me out at Goosefer at underscore Goosefer. That's Lucifer with a G if you care. And Dre, plug your shit, man. What you got? Um, besides my last article on uh, Donna's Hollyman, nothing, nothing, nothing major. You know, I'm still kind of quiet. I am actually in the works on a Jabari Smith Jr. article. You know, if you know me, I believe that he is the number one overall pick. But yeah, I'm probably gonna hold on that just for a minute. I'm gonna see what what happens in the tournament, and then afterwards, then we'll get it. We gotta, we gotta, like we just talk about future episodes on this podcast, but we gotta bring in somebody to give us a little bit of an idea of these draft guys too, because you know I don't really pay much attention to the draft guy. I, yeah, definitely. To the, I mean, I'll watch March Madness, but man, I would love to get my guy Robel. I don't know if I can find him somehow. Oh on no, this man, he's Jeez. off. Yeah, good for him, man. He got out. He got yeah, out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Honestly, man, shout out to Robel. I mean, I, I think Robel got a job with the Grizzlies, if I'm not mistaken. It was the Grizzlies, yeah. Yes, man. He was super dope YouTuber. You know, dissected almost every single player in like in each draft. Yeah, shout out to him. I'm definitely happy for him that you know he's able to continue to cover the game that he loves. That show was crazy. Big shout out to Robel. All right, guys, check us out on all the platforms: Apple. Spotify, every audio platform you can find us at. Check us out on YouTube. That's Hoop Truther Studios on YouTube. Yes, give us a subscribe. Give us a like. All platforms. You want to watch our pretty faces. You want to listen to our pretty voices. You got options for that. We will catch you next week with another episode where we will at least at least cover the top ten rookies. All right. That's a fact. Get ready, See you guys. Yes, get ready. See you guys next week. Deuces.